while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. And I'm Chris McCarthy. The podcasts uh, for the first two hours are up. You can hear Sheriff, uh, former Sheriff Tom Hodgson react to the, uh, the release of the ICE videos by Attorney General Andrea Campbell. Um, and, and you can see those videos right at WBSM.com. Tim has an excellent story I uh, worked hard on. Honestly, it's one of the best, some of the best reporting we, we, we've ever done. So you really need to check that out on WBSM.com or 417.com, whatever works. Um, the links to the videos are right there in the article. So you can check them and, out. And we've said this, I've said this before. Honestly, you guys visiting, reading our stories, it actually helps the show. Yes, um, it so, really does. So 508-996-0500. Uh, we've got a call on the line. Let's, let's hit it. Good evening. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, hey Tom, Tom. What's up? Well, I got to start calling this fascinating Friday. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thank Try you. To keep the, 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 the first part, which I thought about, uh, you know, the different interpretations that have gone on between the, the, the sheriff, the former sheriff and the sheriff, sure. is real fascinating to me. But one of the things is where Hero is going to be put in a position uh, with the lawsuit mm -hmm. pending to request... Homeland Security for that report to defend the county. Very, you know, Tom, that's a great point. We that's haven't a heard great before. Point. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's one way of getting that document out. But it was interesting to me last night when he broke the story again. <laughs> How yeah. excited you were, Marcus, on more news from <laughs> it, it's, always so, it's always He's so... He's the gift that keeps on giving. That department has been for, <laughs> yeah. for years. It really it really has been. I, I honestly am... It's it's really been incredible. I, I mean, his first of all, great media availability. Right. Second of all, it's just... It's, it's you know, there's a lot happening. And that just, again, casually... We talked about a lot of stuff, and all of it was interesting. But then he... Yeah, it was good. But then he drops that, and it goes, oh, yeah, yeah, before you let me go, do you, do he has you know? a special way of doing that, doesn't no. he? <laughs> I, 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 it's almost like it might be intentional. But he said, oh, he said to me, he's like, I know you'd, you'd probably be upset if I if I knew this and I didn't tell you. I'm like, yes, look, I he would has be. a lot of degrees. He must have learned something <laughs> along the way. He's yeah. a pretty bright guy. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, and the, and the other one was uh, with uh, uh, the Texera issue. Yeah. Now, from what I understood, there was a squad of folks. I'll call it a geek squad, if you will. It was like a club that they had uh, uh, working together on different, you know, games and stuff like that. Yes, but, like an online oh, group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I understood was, yes, he took pictures of it, you know, downloaded or whatever he did and then took him out of the facility of which he's being charged. But I also heard that he wasn't the one that put it on the Internet. That's right. one of the members of the squad. Yeah, it was a 17-year-old kid that put it online. Yeah, so that, that's a bargaining chip. If I'm his lawyer, for one, for two, but he's going to expose all those guys. All those guys have to be brought in. And, and I think and, they've uh, been interviewed by the FBI, according to the New York Times, already. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. 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 So that, that's an important piece. 
but certainly he's going to do jail time. Oh yes. Uh, but but the negotiation uh, could you know that that little uh, piece about him not putting it on the internet could help him. But other than that, he, he's gone. That uh, should be interesting. I was just saying uh, to Marcus off the air, it's hard not to feel bad for the kid at the same time be really angry and disappointed in him. I feel terrible for his mother. I feel terrible for his family. Uh, I, feel, I really feel terrible for the Massachusetts uh, National Guard because it's, a, it's a prestigious organization with a great reputation that's been, that's been really seriously damaged. This is going to have a real that. impact on on what's called regular military units, you know, active duty, uh, Air Force and Army working with their uh, reserve components. It's it's going to have a real problem. Yeah, that's amazing. But anyway, it was, it was exciting, fascinating Friday show. <laughs> Thank, yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Have a good weekend. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, guys. Hey, hey what's evening. up? Oh, I understand really not exactly what the kid released in, okay. in, but overall lately more this year than I can recall in my lifetime one after the other we've got classifieds being misplaced mishandled you know released leaked whatever I agree with you and now we've got a 21 year old and maybe his even younger less you know they didn't take an old friend right releasing this and all hell's breaking loose. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, where did these kids get the deep sense of how important this is when nobody up the chain of command has had to take the heat for, for example, if that kid left his military weapon lying around, <laughs> right. ended, that's, that's major. Yes, you know, it is. From day one in, in, in basic, right. that that's, you know what I mean? They try There's to take your weapon, if you remember. Yeah. Actions. Right. So when you've got the top, the top, all the way up the chain, saying, well, I didn't do it, he did it. Well, he, he didn't tell me not to do it. Well, I, we told him not to do it. You have got that kind of leadership, leaving millions of dollars worth of stuff around, mm -hmm. and then pointing fingers at each other. There's like a major... Um, First of all, tons of people haven't been wanting to join after that. Correct. Because you're like, well, we put 20 years of our lives on the line. Right. Or our body parts are missing, and this is what's going on. Right. And then if there's a military person who stands up and says, someone needs to take accountability. They get fragged. They attack him. Right. So what I'm saying is, where are they expecting, like when you were in, mm -hmm. when my husband was in, when my son was in, when my brother was in, my father was in, it may have been a different time period where there was respect they taught you during basic to get your you know what i mean get yourself in check you're all a team your life depends on you you know yes but right now when you've got from the president up and down the chain no one's taking accountability i haven't seen anybody else like i'm looking forward to seeing how this kid's going to pay so much more and it was nothing to be discounted this was horrific what yes he did. yes but I'm saying you're taking basically somebody who's probably a child and they probably are filling positions with people that are maybe to the caliber that they would like right. because of a lot of decisions made in the military. You know, I you totally get, agree with you. You get vaccines or you get out. Or, yes, yes. You know, when your leadership is leaving you um, 
feeling less proud of yourself. Same right. thing with fire and police and nursing and teaching. A lot of these fields are going to be basically scraping the bottom of the barrel going, good luck in the operating room, good luck with your fire, because we're now, you know what I mean? There's been a lot of decisions over the past few years that have made the caliber of workers out there just maybe not as great. We're going to just hire somebody because we need a body over here. Yes. I'm not saying that's the case with this kid. It looks like, to, it. to me, I tell you what, it, it, I, I have to believe for whatever reason, at a full strength, this this young man would not have been in this position, certainly not alone, um, that they would have had ultimately someone doing this kind of work probably would have had a, a two signing uh, authorization, you know, just like at a business when no one person can sign a check, um, you know, something right, like this. Like he's under somebody's wing right. until he can fly on his own. Right. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I'm not looking forward to, you know, people in all, all kinds of first responders, teachers and everyone else, what can go wrong. Right. But I'm saying when there isn't strong, solid leadership, we're in, we're in a major situation. This one kid now we know of. We don't know what else is going on. You know, if, if you don't have accountability and strength at the top, this is unfortunately what's happening. It's, it's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs right now. It, it really is. I, I think that I, I, because of this case, I went back and looked at the Chelsea Manning case, um, who of course had leaked documents as an enlisted soldier. Wasn't it drone footage too? Was it something else? He'd done drone footage. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he was sentenced to prison um, President Obama commuted his sentence after seven years. He got a 35-year sentence. He did seven. He came out and became a celebrity. Crosby, Stills, Nash wrote a song for him. He was given a Harvard fellowship. He was given a, an award by some peace group, some German group, although they wouldn't let him into Canada. Um, he was really made into a... <laughs> they have better they, they really did. They, they wouldn't, he became a celebrity because he leaked documents. It, isn't there always a tension, though, between, like, the, 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 the duty to not reveal that information, right? The, the duty that you have as, as, a, as a soldier to not re release that information or as an employee of the government. And, you know, knowing that there's things that are, that are uh, information that is there, that is available to them, that if it was released... Um, the public would be aware of something that they would probably see as a malfeasance of the government, like the Pentagon Papers, like the metadata gathering that Snowden released. So if you do it, you got to pay the price. I agree with you, Marcus. Right, right. But that, did the kid think of it in depth enough to say... I don't believe he did. I am so patriotic. Oh, this, this kid I'm just wanted to be cool. Yeah. He wanted to... What did you call him, Marcus? Uh, edgelord. Edgelord. Yeah. So, my again, it goes back to, in my opinion, the commander... And it's not just my opinion. I mean, that's, that's what's going to go down, is that this young man was put in a position he never should have been in. And he was, and they put him in it alone, um, and they didn't supervise him properly. And But this is what happens. I agree. And I'm not saying anybody's, anybody's off the hook. This is not right. Right. But when you're short-staffed and you know you need to be keeping an eye on all these little underlings, right. and you yourself can't get your job that's what i'm saying in the medical field and all of these fields this is what we're going to be dealing with i mean it may not have national security implications but your patient or your student or your you know we're, we we're know new bedford is losing police officers because they're not satisfied with their job they're not leaving law enforcement they're just going to other communities i mean that is right because when you don't trust you know 
the whole overall picture of what's going on, mm-hmm. you don't feel safe. But I'm saying I, I can't imagine what's going on military wide now after Afghanistan and the fact that there was no accountability. Right. It's it to me the morale just must be horrific. I'm I'm hoping this is the last we see of this type of thing, but the suicides, you know, it's it's not great. And and I wouldn't I would like to see what the upper people are going to say about this when they've not taken their own accountability. All right, guys. Have a good Th- thanks for the call. We thanks appreciate it. Weekend. I appreciate it. We got some other calls in line. We got to take a break and then we'll get to them. So stay on the line. This is South Coast tonight. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hello? Yeah, good evening. What's up? All right. This lady before mentioned morale. Yeah, typically after a war, you look at the history of war, we'll go to World War II to Korea. After the Second World War, morale was kind of down towards the beginning of the Korean War. They had to get some of the World War II guys drafted back in, but they joined back up to get the morale back up. Ted Williams, yeah. Ted Williams, yeah. And then Vietnam, the morale started all positive and went low. And then it was low through the, after 75, it was, it was low through the Carter administration. Reagan built it back up. Then Bush Senior had the Iraq War. And then during the Clinton years. The, the Gulf War. Bit. Yeah, the Gulf War. That was a. Big one. Yeah, and the yeah. morale went back down again after that. And then when the second Iraq W's war took place for 20 something years after it ended, the morale has really gone down. It's, it's an all time low. They seem to be getting desperate. They're putting corny military commercials. It's not like the old days. Join the army. Be all that. you can be, right. Yeah, it's not like that. They're showing people, they're showing people like um, drinking beers. They had an Air Force commercial on that shows guys and girls together drinking beers off duty, and it shows a jet taking off and says, "Join the Air Force." I mean, yeah, I, don't know. I, I think it's, it's hard. I, the the point I think you know you talked about Vietnam and you talked about. Um, you talked about uh, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq. The Gulf War was largely, I believe, seen as a su- success, right, with, with Bush Sr. It's the reason the Soviets quit the arms race. And so, yeah, and so um, you, people actually forget that, that the, the Cold War was officially over. They say Reagan it was officially over under Bush. That's when the Berlin Wall, wall came down, right? It was under right. Bush in 1990. But um, the, when the Soviets saw what we did in the Persian Gulf, they said, that's it. We can't dominate it militarily. We've got to quit. Well, so in so I think you talked about Vietnam and Iraq and Afghanistan. They're largely seen because they're both largely seen as as quiet Between World War II and Korea, the morale well, they cut well, back. They cut well, back on the military after every war. Yeah, well, World right. War Two is like you know a lot of people I think believe. Uh, I mean, is the only one of, like the last war that had like. Uh, Dis- an end, an end, not an end, and like a gratifying dessert, like an end and like a point, right? Yes. Because no one, no one has it. You know, everybody, I think, largely agrees the Afghanistan, the Iraq wars were ultimately pointless for us, not for other people. But the first Persian Gulf War, we had a big coming home for the soldiers because it had a beginning and it had an end. Yeah, the first one. Well, we also did that too because after what we did to the Vietnam, then. correct? They never did that. 
I think honestly they should have something to wash to Washington to apologize to all guys and women that served in the Vietnam War for the way we treated them. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for it. Yeah, soldiers commit crimes. It happened with every war. It happened in World War II. Those guys get dumped on more than I think any war we've ever been in. Well, the problem was that the, the to their credit, the um, the Chinese and the National Liberation Front successfully infiltrated the peace movement, and, and really it became a pro Viet Cong movement here in America, which is really what ultimately ended ended the war. Um, to their credit, I mean, I, I think it was horrible, but but that, that you know the, they brought the war to America. That's ultimately what happened. And I'll tell you one more thing, and I don't know, there's probably Vietnam veterans listening out there, so there's going to be mixed opinions on it. There's definitely Vietnam veterans listening, yes. Um, I was told that if they really wanted to win that war, they could have won that war within a couple of months. Of course they could I mean, the Japanese wiped the Viet Cong, well, they went to Viet Cong then, but the Japanese the Viet Men, yeah. Vietnam out in like a month. Right. Easily. Oh yeah, we could have done it. Goldwater had a plan, but but that that's they didn't do it. So that's where we're at. Now we just wrecked people's lives, and people are in the ground and everything. Mess families up. Yeah, war is war is horrible. It's why um, our government, as laid out by the founders, required that the people's house vote to declare war. We don't do that anymore. We've I think gone from I think, that. Yeah. I think it's a very very. Sometimes you hear people say the arcane language of the Constitution. There's a reason for it, and it really um, disturbs me that Congress doesn't exert its authority. Yeah. Um, uh, one more thing, too. It said, um, remember I was telling you about my father? Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, he passed away in February. No, I'm sorry to hear oh, that. that's terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, it's a shame, and me and her... And me and him were really weren't on talking terms, so it was horrible. I couldn't say goodbye to him and pass himself. But I still look up to him, and he told me plenty of stories, and I have plenty of memories, and I don't know. Yeah, my my um my my father died uh, six years ago, uh, very suddenly and very shockingly, and it it is it's terrible. But you know, you, you just you have the memories, you have the lessons he taught, and you and you and you just you just you know you just. Keep on keeping on. You carry on. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I can't figure out is why they didn't bury him with my mother. That's where he wanted to be buried. They buried him up in the uh, veteran cemetery in Bourne. That was his second wife's choice, I guess. But I honestly think, and this is what I'm mad about, is he should have been buried with my mother because that's what he wanted. Yeah. Well, wherever he is, I, I hope he's uh, at peace, and I and I and I hope you, uh, you know, I hope you pull through. I, it, like I said, we, you know, we both lost our dads, and right. and, and we're here, we're we're doing this, so, uh, you know, it gets easier. It does get e- Marcus. That's the right message. It gets easier. Thanks Th- for the thanks, call, brother. Have a good night. Appreciate it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. Come. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. 
I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The next disaster is coming. The time to get ready is now. Make a plan. Identify meetup locations and people you'll need to contact. Put your contact list in your wallet, on your phone, and somewhere visible in your home. Build a kit. Store enough food and water for three days. Don't forget your pets. And consider buying a pre-made kit. Keep at least seven days of medication on hand. Work with your pharmacist and insurance company to secure the extra doses. Make copies of important documents. Keep them on your phone, in the cloud, or on a USB stick. Stay informed. Learn about local hazards. Take courses in CPR and first aid. And sign up for local alert systems. An early warning can give you the time you need to prepare for a fast-moving disaster. Be ready. Learn more at americares.org slash send us in. I'm William Shatner, and I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom. I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events like a date with my wife or going out together with my family and friends. Things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, motorsports, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can help. We can give our veterans a special event where they too can create their own cherished memories. Find out how by visiting www.vettix.org. That's www.vettix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. The voices in the night that cover the news of the day. I heard the voices too. Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. More of South Coast Tonight happens now on WBSM. Show Marcus. Um, Forgot we, to ask Hodgson what his favorite TV show is. That's been um, my new thing. I'm going to say it was Dragnet. That makes sense. Right. I could see Dragnet, yeah. The, maybe Gilligan's Island. Yeah. I don't know. Gilligan's I, Island was a pretty good show. Gilligan's Island was a good show. It, w- it went from black and white to color. Yeah. You know? Um, the um, 
story up at WBSM.com is fantastic. Folks, we often don't have video, but now we have the video uh, up there as well. You can see them pushing around all the things you bought them, <laughs> the washing machines, the dryers, all that stuff being washed around and u- being pushed around and used as blockades of the doors, um, along with a really fantastic story by Tim Weisberg. So go to WBSM.com and check it out. Yeah, you can see the full video. There's a good synopsis of it, um, and there's also comments from both former Sheriff Hodgson and uh, current Sheriff Harrell. And if you missed Sheriff Hodgson, we have the podcast and all the previous shows are up uh, uh, as podcasts, which, by the way, we take all the commercials out. Yeah, there's no... Well, well, there is a... There's some advertisements, but there's no commercials. Right, yeah. they're not commercials, they're just ads. <laughs> yeah, they're just ads. <laughs> we, we get to your mind anyway. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, so, you check out, so if you miss Total- something, or if you, if you want to hear something, or play something for a friend, it, they're all up there, all the shows. 558 episodes so far, that means we've been on the air 558 hours. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty good. So, um... Marcus, the we were talking about the leak. We were talking um, last week at the uh, earlier this week about Bobby Kennedy running for president. Yeah, we're talking about you know uh, we, what was interesting. One of the interesting revelations actually was Sean Oliver ca- calling in um, to South Coast Night when on Wednesday, right? Yeah, I think that's worth I think that's worth mentioning. I do, and his podcast is up there. Yeah. Um. So Sean Oliver is talking about the mayor's vetoes and the impending potential overrides yeah so the way it works is they've got a i don't know what's called spreading whatever so they got some weird they got some weird term for it um spread on the table i think something like that (sighs) yikes so um they've got it yeah so basically when they when the mitchell vetoed those three ballot questions the rent stabilization the the reducing the four-year mayor term to two and gutting the cpa um the community preservation act he um the, the the council has to wait like uh, whatever a cycle or two cycles or whatever to override the veto, and what we've learned is that at least one councilor, at least two count, uh, at least one councilor has changed his vote originally on the CPA question. He was uh, he voted to move that CPA question forward. He's actually going to vote to sustain Mitchell's veto, which means he's voting against putting that question on the ballot because he said he understood the value of the Community Preservation Act. So. I think that's all you can ask from a from an elected official is that if they make if they take a vote that might be you know their constituents don't like or might be incorrect and they learn some new information they they make another they they change their they they change their behavior based on that. And it's important to remember that these questions came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They're serious policy questions, mm-hmm. and they suddenly appeared on the ballot. There was no hearings within committee. There was no work done ahead of time. So for most for some of the counselors, first they ever saw of it particularly mm-hmm. in Oliver's case, was when it just appeared in front of them. Yeah. And it, wouldn't, it doesn't surprise me that he said he moved to move it forward, Yeah, knowing full well that he would have an opportunity to learn more. Yeah. And he then did. had the opportunity to now to do, the, to do the responsible thing in his mind with the most information. I think you'll see a few more votes peel off on that CPA question. Um, uh, and, uh, I think it'll get, I, I'd be surprised at this juncture if it got even a majority. It needs a super majority. Uh, I'd be su- surprised if it even got a majority. I think on the rent control question, you'll see similar stuff because you've had a couple of weeks. Uh, again, there's no doubt about it that rent, 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 availability of units, pricing, things like that is all important issues. The only thing that the councils have had in front of them this entire two years was this ballot question 
on whether people would like a rent stabilization program. So given the lack of anything else, I think many of them voted for it. But now in the conversation that's come forward, remember, voting to advance the question is a lot different than voting to override the mayor. I think so, yeah. Uh, and that's it, a political confrontation. It's going to depend, too, on, on how, how much, um, I think, how much they uh, their constituents are hearing, because they might be hearing on that rent stabilization question. They might be hearing, hey, you know what? My rents are too high. This is something we should move forward with, or we should get this conversation forward. And that might end up being the I think that might end up being the one that, that does survive, but we'll see. Because you need, by the way, if only if four people vote against the question, it will not pass. You need four councillors to vote against it, it will, and it will not pass. And that's because Councillor Abreu is not going to vote to override the mayor, and, and Councillor Oliver is not going to vote to override the mayor. He and, voted against it the first time. Yeah, he voted against it the first time. Ian said if he, Ian, Ian had a, a death in the family, he would have he would have voted against it the, right. that time. He said um, so. We'll we'll see um, we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that plays out. We're still you know waiting to see if there's any movement in the home rule petition for rent uh, stabilization in Boston. I, I, I find it unlikely uh, that there will be um, anything that goes forward. But the other part too, Marcus, is regardless of how this question turns out. A home rule petition still requires the mayor's signature. It absolutely, you can't override it. And John Mitchell veto. is not going to sign it. Yeah, you have to, exactly. You have to override, you, ha, you can't override a veto on a home rule petition. You need the legislative and executive branch to sign off on it. That's why I have repeatedly referred to this as a cruel hoax. Because asking people if they'd like rent stabilization, knowing it cannot happen, is a cruel hoax it really I is. think I think you know it's it's kind of different but it has opened a question I think yeah that's conversation. the thing I think the conversations moved significantly since this has brought, been brought up and that's a good thing the one thing I will say is you know in terms of you know this won't happen that won't happen I always do say it's important to um, if you want a policy to go forward, it's like when the Progressive Caucus in the House files a Medicare for All bill every session. It's not going to pass, but they want it on the record because maybe one day it will. Same, you know, they, that, that has happened where you get it on the record, you start moving that conversation forward, and maybe somewhere down the road that policy does happen. So I think in this circumstance, you know, even though it's unlikely to pass, unlikely to pass anytime soon, mm -hmm. uh, it's, not, it, it's, not a, it's not a total waste of time to move forward with that. But I think there's other things that they can and should move forward with. And I think they are moving forward with some things. Yeah, I think that it, it is one of these things that you're seeing, for instance, uh, Mayor Mitchell put out a plan. You're seeing mm -hmm. that the governor is doing things. You're seeing that... Um, well, he, Healy mentioned housing as one of her top priorities after her first 100 days. She had an interview with, again, I was looking at Playbook this morning, Lisa Kaczynski. She said that, um, she actually said that it was, uh, like, it's the very first thing she mentioned. Like, she's got to do something about housing. You, you saw that Governor Baker had put forward zoning changes, things of that yeah, nature. MBTA law. Yeah, so you, but housing um, has to be built. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but sometimes one of the important, one of the things that's left out of the conversation, Marcus, is it takes real capital, actual carpenters, real wood, real cement, things of that nature, permits, government approval to actually build housing. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to say, we need housing. It's an entirely different thing to, to marshal the capital and the talent. Yeah, and so put it all into effect. You know, they're trying that with the, you know, the H dip, um, the, you know, a, a, basically increasing tax credits uh, for uh, to incentivize more market rate housing in gateway cities. I think they're trying to do some things to try to make up for. I think lost what it basically was is lost time. You know, building all of these, um, all these, uh, all these housing.
uh, or not building all this, these uh, housing developments. Marcus, one thing we're going to be visiting more, of course, is the Prop 2.5 override here in Fairhaven. Mm. There's an article in today's Standard Times that I would, I would recommend everyone go and look at it. Um, it's by a local reporter. It's obviously a local story. It's important. Um, we'll have more about it. Marcus has written about it. He had the selectman on the other night. Yeah, I had. You can see that. Pod, you can listen to that podcast. Yeah. So last night at uh, in the in the first hour, I had uh, Leon Corey and Stacia Powers, uh, two members of the Fairhaven Select Board, and they uh, basically explained their position on Prop Two and a Half um, and uh, why they need it. And they said it's just for one year. They'd have to go through this process again if they wanted to do it a second year. So the numbers out there. Um, Look, the school department is looking for money. I do think in the Standard Times article, Marcus, as you and I talked about off the air, Mm -hmm. they're talking about money they need for homeless programs, things of that nature. I think Fairhaven's going to have to have a conversation if they think the school department is the place that should be handling homeless issues. There's certainly homelessness is a a problem. There's no doubt about it. but I wonder if the school department is a place that should be handling it, or is that something the state should be handling? Are there other resources already working towards that? Is, is the superintendent of schools really sh- fo- should really be focused on that? Now, I get, I get what the superintendent is saying, which is that if you have homeless children, it's awful hard to educate them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, and and I, I wonder if we're asking the superintendent to do too much if we're not I'm, I'm finding another place to do that. I'm just trying to, you know, I, I think maybe having a, a coordinator at the schools or something like that could be valuable. I'm just unsure um, if, uh, like, I try to maybe some sort of housing coordinator or something like that. Um, I'm just unsure exactly what the program is. Listen, we got a call on the line. Let's just take a quick break and we'll get to it. This is South Coast Tonight. Welcome back. We got a few calls on the line. Let's get to them. Good evening. You're live. Yeah. Um, sorry to call you, Ben. I was, I heard somebody talking about that today, but I had heard nothing about that previously. That Mayor Mitchell vetoed something about reducing rent. Yeah, he vetoed. Let's. Thanks for the call. We'll explain it off the air. So he vetoed. Um, he vetoed a, a ballot question that asked people if they wanted to do um a rent uh, rent stabilization or, uh, ordinance. We've been talking about it for months. For, for yeah, for like months, right? For, yeah, at least a month. Good evening. Good evening. How's it hey, going? Buddy. Oh, all right, guys. Hey, I want to ask you a, a, a simple question, I guess. How's Big Al doing? I haven't heard. As so, far as we know, he, he's, last I heard, he's, he's, he's stable. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah. yeah. He's doing okay. Yeah, last we heard. Yeah. Yeah, again, I haven't heard much. Usually he'd call into the station and have a few things to say or something, and it seems like uh, he's just dropped off the, um, you know, uh, the radar screen. So I just, I was just, you know, wondering and concerned. Yeah, it, the last I heard, he, he was situated and doing okay. That's it? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, think uh, that, I think that let's let Big Al, you know. Be? be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the way I would put it. Okay. All right. All right. I, that's, that's all I thought. I thought I was asking a, an innocuous question. No, I no, 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 I get it. I get it. I just, um, I, think, I think he's, you know, he's, he's figuring it out. It's being, he's being, he's got a lot of great people around him and it's, it's being figured out and he's figuring it out, you know? Oh, all right. I, I didn't mean to cause it. No, 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 it's, no, no, it's no, big deal. no big deal. Oh. Totally legitimate question. Okay. Well, then I might as well go to something else. Yes, sir. Uh, I got on TV right now, C-SPAN, and they got a program that I've watched before and it's called Taxes Have Consequences. And it's a conservative program. Mm-hmm. And the Sounds juice like of it. it all is, what's that? 
Sounds like it. Yeah, and uh, the, the gist of the program is the lower taxes you have, the more investment you have, and the better off things are. And they go back to the Depression and, and point that out. There's only one problem I find with their argument. It's, I believe, during the Eisenhower administration after World War II, we had high taxes, okay? And yet uh, those were the happy days, and the economy uh, happened to uh, thrive. The, the, they don't seem to indicate that on the program. The so. tax policy then, though, um, it was a broad-based taxes. The, 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 the issue is that there's, there's low taxes and low growth taxes. Mm-hmm. So some types of taxes stimulate growth. Some types of taxes stifle growth. Mm-hmm. So the devil really is in the detail. That's why tax policy is a very difficult thing to talk about and not entertaining at all. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, again, I, I, again, the, the whole premise is if taxes are low, people will invest. If not, they will hold back their money well, and not invest in things, and then therefore the economy doesn't get along too well. It's one of the things about Massachusetts that we have very relatively low broad-based taxes mm-hmm. so that everyone pitches into the income tax. The income tax is relatively low, quite frankly, but everyone pays it. So you get a massive amount of income um, and that that formula really works. That I see the governor is going to make some more tax cuts, yes. particularly on capital gains, which tends to stimulate growth. Yeah. So that's a growth tax right there. When you when you're <clears throat> keeping some tax now, if you have no taxes on on investment, you're going to get no income off investment. But if you keep it very low and broad based, you're going to get a, the cream of the crop and a, and a, a lot of growth and therefore a lot of a lot of. Uh, government revenue, but also growth, which is what you need. Yeah, it, it, you know, and conversely, I remember uh, it was Brown back back in like 2014-ish, 2016-ish, had tried the, the big Kansas experiment where they basically slashed income taxes, all taxes across the board, and they were like at the point where they were selling off squad cars because um, well, they right, didn't have any be, money. Right, because you have to keep it the reasonable rate, which is low enough and broad-based. But if you, if you cut it to zero, you're literally collecting no revenue. Right. Right? So... We collect at just over five percent. I think that's a pretty reasonable, Marcus. Yeah, right. Five percent of so. your income, okay, yeah. is is not a lot. Yeah, right. It's how the money is spent. Yeah, you know. So I don't think anyone in Massachusetts is complaining about five percent. No, we're we're you know we're every year enjoying really big budget surpluses. And yeah, well, that's another question. I heard Phil one morning say that uh, there's going to be a give back again. I guess and. He claims it will be given to even some people who didn't pay taxes. Well, you hear anything on well, that? Well, yeah. They, they've changed the distribution they're, formula. They're, they're, they're trying to. They're pro- they've proposed the change to the distribution formula. So last, the 62F, which, you know, definitely caught them off guard. You knew once they got their feet under them, they were going to try to reform it. Uh-huh. So basically, uh, it was 13% of the state tax, uh, your state income tax that you paid that you got back in checks. So obviously people who paid less of that, you know, their 5.6%, uh, if it was less, they got less money, right? Uh-huh. There are yeah. some people yeah. that got fewer dollars than others. Sure. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it, you know, I think in an effort to make it more equitable, saying everybody gets the same amount in a refund check. I, someone did like some very like quick math on it and said it would amount to maybe like 800 uh, plus dollars per person. And I, but I'm not entirely sure uh-huh. if that's like, you know, that wasn't an accurate, you know, it wasn't yeah. super scientific. So we'll have yeah. to see. Yeah. I, I think their argument is probably going to be 
that it'll stimulate the economy more by, I, by doing it that way. Well, it I'm honestly surprised more. they haven't tried that. Well, it will cause inflation. Yeah, I yeah, agree yeah, with yeah. I'm honestly, I'm honestly surprised that they haven't, um, they haven't tried to just uh, nix the law entirely. I think that they've probably figured out that by doing it this way, they're actually going to have the ability to stimulate the economy more so mm -hmm. because it's, it's just, it's directly giving people money. Yeah. Right. What's, what's better than that right. from a government perspective, from a re-election standpoint? That too. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you've got the money in a lockbox on Beacon Hill, right. you're not really turning anybody on. But if everybody gets a check for five, 600 bucks, where do I vote? Right. <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. It's a good point. But we're not entirely sure if 62F is going to come into effect this year, are we? We are. Yeah. We well, are. well, again, I, I was just listening to Phil's show, and he was saying something about that it was going to be given back to everyone, even regardless of how much taxes you pay. Only yeah. if it's only if it's triggered. Yeah, yeah. If it's tri if it's triggered, it might not be. Well, that, that was the first time in thirty five years it was triggered. So yeah, it's, but supposedly, it was, I guess the state is doing real well again, taking in money and stuff. They don't seem, and they got now the uh, uh, the gambling, uh, you know, feeding them as well as marijuana gambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put the mafia out of business. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the whole idea, I think. Right, yeah. we took it all over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So did, what do you think Healy's uh, relationship is going to be with her Democratic uh, state legislature? I think it will be, be contentious. Fine. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. There's no Republicans to fight with. Who's going to fight? Yeah, Yeah, but they might need to blame somebody if things go wrong. Well, that's you what I mean. You can't blame the, you know, you don't want to blame the governor. She's a Democrat, you know. There are definitely, there, there's going to be, there was traditionally problems under Dukakis and the legislature. There, There, there is a party, but it's like... Um, Someone has to get want to get their way, mm -hmm. right? They don't have identical. Um, they're not entirely goals. identical, actually. No. And you know, they're actually Healy's to the right of them on um, on a question like, fr free free college, for example. She's to the she's I think pretty significantly to the right of of uh, Senate President Spilka. So mm -hmm. I think that um, you and, and and actually, yeah, the estate tax too. Um, I think there's some tension there, her position on the estate tax and even capital gains. I think the, um, and, and again, we are a very capital intense state. There are, uh, there's a lot of money here. There really is. And money is very fungible. It can leave the state very easily. I think Healy is looking at, let's lower it a little bit so we can get more of it. That, that the fear of it leaving um, is so absolute. And it really is true. That's a true thing that she's saying, look, it is a pain to, to move the capital. If we can tax it a little lower, we can get more of it. And I, I don't think that's a bad policy. Hey, thanks for the call. We appreciate okay, it. Guys, have a nice See you, my friend. That'll just about do it for us. It will. It was a good show. Uh, good, um, another great Friday night in the books. And uh, that's pretty much it, Chris. We'll um, be back on Monday. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, enjoy uh, Ken, uh, Brian, and Jessica tomorrow, Jim Phillips on, on Sunday, and uh, we'll catch you on Monday at 7 p.m. Got another great slate of, uh, of guests for you then. You'll have to stay tuned to find out who. Go to WBSM.com to check out Tim Weisberg.